this is what happens when you take God at His word, mm. when you obey, when you obey by faith, not holding back anything, mm. not holding back even the very best thing in your life, then that's the faith that will push you to believe the impossible. And you're listening to Why They Did That, a show that explores the motivations of biblical characters and how their choices can guide yours. My guest on this episode is literally one of my favorite people on this planet. And I know that I'm not the only one that feels this way. His name is Jem Costa. He's from the Philippines, and he is a true man of faith. Now, that's not something that I say flippantly. Jem has been living without a salary for over nine years now. How does he survive? Well, if you asked him, he'd look at you, smile, point to the heavens, and say, by faith. God provides for him. He's literally a living testimony. And it takes a man of faith to know one. So together we sat down to talk about the father of faith, the original patriarch, Abraham. Abraham's life is a remarkable one. So much so that he's still revered within Judaism thousands of years after his death. But he had his issues too. Sure, we could speak of his mistakes with Sarah, his wife, or with Hagar, effectively his baby mother, and so on. But today, we instead look at possibly one of the strangest and most unbelievable stories in all of Scripture. It wasn't until he was 100 years old that Abraham and Sarah finally have a son. Isaac is the promised one. He's the one that they have so desperately longed for. He's the joy of their family. He's Abraham's beloved son. And he's content. Abraham is content. It's as though he wants nothing more. He's got his house. He's planting trees. He's out in the country. It's all going stupendously well. Until early one morning, he hears his name. Abraham. He knows that voice. Yes, Lord. Take now thy son, thine only son, Isaac, the one you love. Go to Moriah and offer your son as a sacrifice. God asks Abraham to kill his son. What do you do when God doesn't make sense? Hmm. What do you do when, when things that God is asking you is yeah. actually contrary to his character? Right. It appears to mm. be that way. Yeah. He's saying, offer your son mm-hmm. as a sacrifice. sacrifice. You know, not offer your calf uh-huh. or your chicken. Offer your son, mm. whom you love, wow. as a sacrifice. And the thing is, God is asking him to sacrifice something that is not a vice, 
right. something that hinders him from coming to God, but right. something that God answered, uh-huh. something that he has been waiting for, something that is the best thing in his life. Exactly. And I think so often we think of, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm giving my life to God. What do I need to sacrifice? Mm. Well, I'm going to sacrifice uh, TV. I'm mm-hmm. going to sacrifice music. I'm going to sacrifice, you know, maybe even these friendships in my life. Mm. That are, my addiction. Know, yeah, I'm going to sacrifice my addiction, my vices, as mm-hmm. you said. If there's family members that are against mm-hmm. God, I'll sacrifice, I'll sacrifice all these bad things in my life. Mm. But we rarely think of the fact that sometimes God asks you to sacrifice things mm. that aren't bad at all. Mm. It's not that it's... It's not that it's on the wrong side of the moral mm. scale. God is asking us to sacrifice anything in our life that I think we may love more than we love Him. That's a very different point of view of sacrifice because most of the time when we talk about sacrifice, it's all a negative part. Yeah. But this is the best thing. This is the best thing in His life. That God is asking. Mm-hmm. And just imagine three days that God has asked Him to do this journey right? in the sacrifice. Uh-huh. Why not just one day? Right. Why not right there? Yeah. It's not like, I, I don't think Abraham would have been mm. like, oh no, I need time mm. to process this. And it is, I remember reading the story and thinking, what What about Mariah? Mm. You know, why? He doesn't even tell him the mountain that he's going to do. <laughs> he just says, go and when you get there, I'll tell you, you know, yeah. that you're there. And, and it is, it is a curious thing to ask of him. Mm. Yes, to sacrifice his son, but also to go on a three-day journey. You know, can you imagine what it would have been like for a father knowing that he's going to sacrifice his son, but to have three days mm. to think about it and process it? And for me, it's it's unimaginable. And there's, there's even this uh, Bible commentary that I, that I read, mm-hmm. that it's, it's a torture to his soul. Mm. A torture to his soul. Like right, yeah. every time, every, every moment that, that he turns around, he sees his son. Mm. And he's thinking about the command that he will be sacrificed. Right. And there's there's this point in this commentary that says that uh, Abraham, in this anguish, in this three days anguish, mm. what did he do? Stricken with grief, he bowed before God and prayed as he never prayed before. Mm. And this is one thing as well. I ask myself, what do I do? What do we do? In this situation. In this situation when we're stricken with grief, when we're faced with with the greatest calamity of, of our lives, when the greatest test of our lives, most of the time we complain as we never complained before. <laughs> right. We blame God as we never blamed before. And most mm. of the time we question him. Mm. But Abraham, and I guess this is the reason why that he was labeled as the father of the faithful. Mm. Because he humbled himself the way Jesus humbled himself and prayed to the Lord yeah. as, never, as he never prayed before. And I, sometimes it can be easy to just think, mm. well, you know, this is Abraham's test and this is what he's had to do. Mm. But when you analyze it in the light of everything that's happened previously, mm. there hasn't been a test like this before. Mm. If you think of what Adam and Eve fell to in the garden, mm. they fell to appetite. Mm. You know, they fell to eating fruit from a tree yeah. that they shouldn't have eaten from. It's it's with all due respect to the to the perfect pair mm. it's it wasn't it wasn't this no nobody has really had to go through mm. this you know this is sacrificing your actual son a son yeah. that you've been waiting for for a hundred years as you've said mm-hmm. the thing that you've prayed for and desired more than 
anything else.、Mm. Nothing really compares to this test. No, nothing, nothing comes close. And before we go on any further, let's go back to to the command、mm-hmm. to sacrifice. Right. Remember, God abhors human sacrifice. Exactly. He said, "Thou shalt not kill."、Mm-hmm. The question is, how would Abraham know that it is God、mm. who told him to、yeah. do so? Yeah. Because somehow it's contrary to his、uh-huh. to his character.、Mm-hmm. And this is one thing I realized here that that Abraham knew God. Like no other,、right. like no other people that were living during those times,、mm-hmm. or maybe even now. Maybe even now. Even now, and this is one thing I I realized that he could not be, he could not be deceived. He knew God's voice, and remember John ten,、mm-hmm. my sheep will know my voice,、right. and they follow me. Right. And this is one thing that、uh, that I was so amazed that he knew God. And the thing is, in the time of Abraham, there's no Bible. No. You know, this is something that、mm-hmm. doesn't come until the time of Moses, centuries、mm-hmm. later. So, like you said, all Abraham has is the actual voice of God,、mm. and he knows God's voice.、Mm. You have to imagine that over the course of these three days, that Satan is on his case.、Mm-hmm. You know, telling him, "Hey, yeah, that wasn't God. God,、yeah. why would God ask you to sacrifice?" That's、mm. You know, God's not like that. You're you're deluded.、Yeah. You're 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 on a strange、mm. path here, Abraham. This is not anything to try and convince、mm. Abraham not to follow through with this. But he goes ahead, faithfully. He goes ahead. And what made him go ahead? What、mm-hmm. made him like being sustained, or what motivated him, or what encouraged him、mm-hmm. to go forward and fight through those those three torturous days,、mm. and then. I begin to realize that that the command and the promise, when you see the promise was given before the command,、mm-hmm. the promise that Isaac, whose whose seed fills the earth, yeah,、uh-huh. and and you and when you look at it, that's one thing that that Abraham focused on、mm. is not the situation, is not the nonsense. For when we look at it right now, it's nonsense command. Yeah, it's just like chaos.、Mm-hmm. It's it's craziness. It's not making any sense, but he did not focus on the situation. He focused on the promise still,、mm. and I love that、uh, that quote. It says, "He staggered not at the promise." Right, and this is one thing I'm learning here,、mm. Dean, that、uh, when things are not are not somehow making sense, we should not be focusing on things. We should not be focusing on situation. We should not be focusing on the problem. We have to go back to the promise.、Mm. We have to. To go back to the word, and that is the most stable thing that would anchor us, whatever the Lord placed before us, whatever test it is, whatever challenge that the Lord has placed us. Stagger not at the promise, as did Abraham. And this is why I think it's so important to know those promises,、mm. because how are you going to claim those promises if you don't know them?、Mm. You know, I remember being taught when you when you read a promise in the Scripture.、Mm-hmm. Take out who it's being said to and put your name in there.、Mm. Read it as though it was specifically written to you, about you, for you.、Mm. And it strikes me just how little <laughs> we are actually taking in the word of God. You know, how often are we claiming the promises that God has given us in His Scripture? Things that He said, "I will do this. Yeah, I will bring it to pass if you trust in Me." How often do we come to God and say, "You know what, Lord, you said this."、Mm. You said you would do this. You said, "Prove me 
So I'm here to prove you. Or do we just say, well, you know, these are my circumstances, God, please help. Because that, that wasn't Abraham. Mm -hmm. Abraham took the fact that God said, the seed, what the promise will come from Isaac, not Ishmael, from the son that you love, mm. from the son that your heart yearns for. Mm. The promise is for him. Yeah. And so you have to take that as Abraham did and push forward. I don't know what's going to happen next, but I have this promise mm. and this is all I'm going to need to get me through that situation. And this is one thing as well that you see in Abraham. He did not question God. Mm. He did not argue in humiliation. Mm. He spent those three sleepless nights in the presence of God. Mm. And this is one thing as well. He somehow placed himself in a position that he should be in, a servant, mm. lower of God. And when we see God the way Abraham sees God, we could never question him mm -hmm. because he knows the end from the beginning. Even what he requires sometimes doesn't make sense. Even when he asks us to sacrifice, that is not bad. but something that is very good, something that is very best for us. Mm -hmm. This is the first time mm. that worship is, is ever mentioned mm -hmm. in the Bible, you know? Yeah. We think of worship and God and this is just, mm. you know, this is the norm, but this is the first time it comes up. Yeah. He says in verse five of chapter 22, and Abraham said unto his young men who have come with mm. them on this journey, stay here with the donkey and I and the boy will go yonder and we will worship. Mm. And you ask yourself, okay, well, they're not going there to have a praise <laughs> session. You know, why are they going there? They're going there because Abraham is going to sacrifice his son. Mm. And to Abraham, that's worship. Mm. Sacrifice is synonymous with mm. worship. There's no worship mm. without sacrifice. You, what are you worshiping? Wow. You know, if you think of when, when God says to, mm. to the Hebrews when they come out of Egypt, not to worship any other gods, mm. he's saying that for a reason because he's saying worship is synonymous with sacrifice. Yeah. The sacrifice of Jesus Christ, mm. the sacrifice of God on the cross of mm. Calvary, that's worth worshiping. Mm. And so when we choose to worship other things, mm. we're saying that those other things are more deserving mm. of our praise yeah. than what Jesus did on the cross. Worship. To be willing to give up all we have for the one who gave up heaven's glory for us. Abraham was prepared to take that step. Are you? When we come back, we'll look at just why Abraham's faith was so extraordinary and the unbelievable part that Isaac plays in all of this. I'm Dean Cullinane, and you're listening to Why They Did That. The Conflict Beautiful will take you from the book of Genesis right through to the last words of Revelation, expounding upon your favorite stories of scripture and giving you insights that you otherwise may have missed. Interested in Abraham's test of faith? Or maybe you're still stuck on David standing alongside the Philistine armies. Or perhaps you just want to immerse yourself in the beautiful life of Christ well then the conflict beautiful is for you. Get a set now and use the promo code WTDT for that 10% off.
Abraham has been given the greatest test that anyone has ever been given. To take the life of the one he loves, to lay his son on the altar of sacrifice and offer him up as some sort of pseudo lamb. The third day comes to a head and they reach Moriah. And then together they begin to climb. On one hand, Abraham has the promise of God that Isaac himself will have plenteous children. But on the other hand, he has the command to end his son's life. It doesn't add up, but he moves forward anyways, by faith. So he says to these young men, he says, me and Isaac, we're leaving. Mm -hmm. And then me and Isaac, we're coming back. <laughs> and it makes you it makes you scratch your head a little bit. Hold on. Is he going to follow through with this? Mm. Is he intending to actually sacrifice? How is Isaac going to come back? <laughs> you know, how is he so sure that Isaac is going to return to mm. him? And then you get to Hebrews 11. Mm. And in Hebrews 11, it says in verse 17, By faith, Abraham, when he was tried, offered up Isaac. And he that had received the promises offered up his only begotten mm. son, of whom it was said that in Isaac shall thy seed be called. And then verse 19 mm. comes and suddenly it all starts to make sense. Accounting that God was able to raise him up even from the dead. That's quite strange because before that point, there's no any record of resurrection. Right. No one has come back from the dead. There's no precedence of resurrection. So Abraham is essentially, he's, he's taken the promise. Mm. He said, well, God promised that the seed mm. would come from Isaac. And then he's taken the command. Well, I also have to kill mm. Isaac. And he seems to, and only faith can really explain mm -hmm. this. He <laughs> seems to have found some, some neutral ground where uh -huh. both of those things can still happen. He's, he's like, okay, I'm going to go and sacrifice him. But because God's promise mm. is so sure, God's going to have to bring him back from the dead. And this is one thing as well that, that you could see, that Abraham could believe that God could do the impossible, even the thing that has not happened yet, mm -hmm. is because of the knowledge that he has of God. Mm -hmm. The knowledge that we have of God is really, really powerful. And so then we have to take this mm. and ask ourselves, do we have that faith? Mm. Do we have the faith that Abraham had? Because that same faith mm. is available to us. There was nothing yeah. special per se. He was, Abraham mm. wasn't different mm. to us. He could have the mind of Christ. We could have the mind of Christ. But he chooses to believe in these promises to the extent that, as you said, mm. he's thinking, I've witnessed death. Mm. He's, he's seen death, mm. of course. But I believe that God can undo that. Mm. Wow. That God can just take someone back mm. from that state and they'd be living enough that they're going to come back down the mountain with me. And he hasn't, this has never even been spoken of. No. A resurrection, not only has a resurrection not happened, it hasn't even been hinted at. It hasn't been mentioned in the Bible yet, but this is what happens when you take God at his word, mm. when you obey, when you obey by faith, not holding back anything, mm -hmm. not holding back even the very best thing in your life. Then that's the faith that will push you to believe the impossible. Mm. Because we have a God who's a God of impossibilities. Yeah. And this is one thing, even when we pray, do we really ask God 
about impossible. Mm. Most of the times we are praying for things that we have seen answered in the past. Right. We are asking for things that it's it's like things that we could answer, but not God could answer. When's the last time you asked God about the impossible? Yeah. Mm. And for us to even think about impossibility in asking God, it's difficult. It's impossible for us to think an impossibility. <laughs> right. Because I guess, like learning from the lesson of, of Abraham, we don't have that faith. Mm. We don't have that faith to let go, even not the best things in our lives. But Abraham let go. Why? Because that faith was built. And it's easy to just look at this story as though Abraham is the only character. But oh, there yes. is, in fact, mm-hmm. there is, in fact, another. And Isaac... I don't know if this is the first time he's asked this question, mm. but it's been three days and eventually yeah. they get to the point <laughs> and he's like, so uh, mm. where's, this, where's the sacrifice? Yeah. You know, where, where is this going to come about? And, and it says in verse, in verse eight, mm. Abraham says, my son, God will provide himself a lamb mm. for a burnt offering. And so they went both of them together and they came to the place which God had told him of. He's finally reached there. And Abraham built an altar there and laid the wood in order Mm. and bound his son Isaac and laid him upon the wood. I remember the first time reading this thinking, how did you convince him Mm. to do this? Was there like a wrestling match between Mm -hmm. Abraham and Isaac? You know, he kind of knocks him out temporarily, (laughs) then wraps him up and puts him there and waits like... How do we get to the point where Isaac is on the altar? Mm. Abraham is over a yeah. hundred years old and Isaac is in the prime of his youth. Yeah. He's like 120 now. Right. And and Isaac was what, like 16? Mm-hmm. How would Isaac be on the altar? Mm-hmm. And and the thing that, that really blows my mind, Isaac was always brought by his father when it comes to to worship. Right. He, the, he knew the sacrificial system. Yeah. yeah. All all the requirement and and I guess the father, Abraham, educated his son. Like when you pick a lamb to be sacrificed, uh-huh. pick something that is pure. Right. That has no blemish. No blemish, something, no broken bones, mm-hmm. no spots. Because all those things that have blemish are not acceptable in the uh-huh. eyes of God. This is somehow the only thing that is acceptable, a right. perfect one. So it's easy to look at this story and think Mm. that it's just about Abraham, but Mm. you have to consider Isaac's position Mm. here. It says um, in verse 9 of chapter 22, And they came to the place which God had told him of, and Abraham built an altar there and laid the wood in order and bound Isaac his son Mm. and laid him on the altar. And I can't really imagine what this would have been like for Isaac because I know what it would have been like for me. Mm. I know that if someone tied me up and put me on a table and was holding a knife over my head, Mm. I can imagine that it would be a rather frantic scene. Mm -hmm. But this verse gives us no indication that Isaac is- Resisting. Resisting. Struggling. There's nothing in the verse that suggests that. Mm -hmm. It's almost like he's just, he's willing. And sometimes we forget that the people in the Bible are real human beings too. Mm. And this is one thing I I like when I saw this uh, this passage that right. I was I was reading about, mm-hmm. because Isaac received this news amounting to terror, stricken with grief as well. Yeah. And and what made him 
what made him offer himself without any struggle, without uh -huh. any resistance. And my mind went back to the time that uh, his father was teaching him about the sacrifice. Mm. That the father is educating him. Yep. This is how you you bring the worship, yeah. honor to God, by giving him a lamb free of blemish. And we, we know that, mm -hmm. that Isaac understands the mm -hmm. sacrificial system because Isaac is asking him about it. Mm. You know, where's the sacrifice? Yeah. So he knows what's meant to happen. He's familiar yeah. with the proceedings. A lamb that has no blemish uh -huh. should be provided. And then when finally Isaac knew from his father that, son, you're the sacrifice, you're the lamb. Mm. And instead of thinking that this is like a wrath from God, mm. Isaac somehow realized, wow, so God saw me as a fitted sacrifice. And he wow. thought that this is not something of, of a negative indication from the Lord. Mm. It is something of an honor. It is something of a privilege. And with that, it says that he would cheerfully submit. Cheerfully submit. Wow. You're about to die. It's like he's not in his right mind. And then I begin to realize this is what happens when you begin to see from God's perspective. And to think that that he would see it as a privilege, because mm -hmm. I mean, that's... That's something, you know, mm -hmm. like only perfect sacrifices mm -hmm. were acceptable to God. Yes. And so if God says you're the sacrifice, mm -hmm. he's essentially, he's commending Isaac. Mm -hmm. You're, I'm looking at you as being worthy to be an offering to me. He found favor in Isaac. That's what Isaac saw. Mm. And for that, he offered himself, submitted cheerfully to be a sacrifice. Right, and not that this makes it any easier for Abraham. Uh-huh. You know, it's still his son, and he's still gonna witness death. Mm -hmm. And even if he does believe that there's a resurrection mm -hmm. to come, that doesn't necessarily make it easier no. to take his life, because you're still gonna put him through the pain mm -hmm. and the agony, he's gonna bleed out, you're gonna see him die. And in your own hands. Right, because of what you're going to do, listening to the voice of God. This is knowing that they're that or believing he doesn't know he mm. believes that there's going to be a resurrection if he has to follow through with this mm. it doesn't negate the fact that this is still the most serious test that has ever been given and i can just imagine mm. abraham trembling at the thought oh. of taking his own son and isaac almost being there like encouraging his father like you can do it <sighs> like god has asked you to do this and he's seen that that I'm going to be a sacrifice that you you can do it and that's <laughs> and, and this is the thing right now as, as we have been saying this is not just one person it's the both of them now mm -hmm. giving the sacrifice right it's it's Isaac trying to tell his father encouraging him you can do this and him somehow wanting and I believe I believe Abraham would want to take the place of Isaac any given time, mm -hmm. but it was it was Isaac that was required. Right, it was not Abraham. I don't quite know how to say this. It would be any father's worst nightmare to watch their son die, but to be the one that does it, and all in the name of God. How would he explain that to Sarah? 
She probably doesn't even have an idea where they are. And Isaac, encouraging his father to proceed? But you know, you do have to ask why on this one. Why did God require this? What was the point? The Bible says that Abraham and God were friends. Perhaps, perhaps they were so close that the Lord wanted to show Abraham the pain that he, God himself, would have to go through when his only son came to this earth. When I read this, this somehow explained the picture of God to me because as as a young kid before, mm-hmm. I had I had struggle of thinking that God really loved us. You struggled with the thought that he did love you? Yeah. Like, I'm not so sure how much God loved me because I even pointed my finger at him mm. saying that if you really love me, then why do you have to send your son to die on the cross for me? Mm. Why not you if you really love me? And then looking at the picture of of Abraham and and Isaac, I saw now that the father would take the place of the son any given time. It would have been easier for the father to take the place of the son. But by giving his son, it's 10 times, 100 times harder for a father to see his son die Mm. for me. And I begin to realize, wow, this is huge. Hmm. This is God. That's the depth of His love by sacrificing something that He really loves, something that's so beautiful, something that's best for Him, heaven's best given for me. And in the story of Isaac and Abraham, one thing that I learned here is that nothing that we possess in this world is too precious to give to God. Hmm. Nothing that we possess because everything that we have is His. Yeah. Even the, the air that we breathe, even the way we breathe is, is borrowed from him. And the thing is, Isaac, Isaac comes off the altar. Mm-hmm. You know, eventually yes. as Abraham is about to, mm. to bring his hand down, mm. it's stopped. Yes. And the voice of God cries out, Abraham, Abraham. And there's a ram. There's mm. an alternate sacrifice. There's mm. a substitute sacrifice. And so... Abraham doesn't have mm. to sacrifice his own son, but he went back to Sarah mm-hmm. with Isaac alive. Right. But when the Son of God was offered on the cross, there's no hand to stay the knife. Mm. There's no hand to stay the hands that put a crown of thorns on Jesus' head. There's no hand to stop nailing Jesus on the cross. And Jesus offered himself and died for us. That's the greatest sacrifice. That story of Abraham and Isaac give more meaning to the sacrifice that our Heavenly Father gave for us. Mm -hmm. And for that, I'm rest assured that God loves me. He that hath an ear Let him hear. And you've just heard our latest show. If you'd like to hear more or hearken back to a previous episode, you can find us at whythedidthat.org. Please also subscribe to our show at Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. 
You can follow us on your favorite social media accounts, Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at Why They Did That. We're on YouTube now as well, where you can actually watch this episode instead of just listening to it. So make sure you check that out. And this show was produced by the great and marvelous Christian Freed. Once again, I'm Dean Cullinane, and you're listening to Why They Did That. (laughs) 